welcome to another life-changing message from Pastor Vernell J.R. Samuel of Hungry for God Church. For more information, please visit our website, www.h4gchurch.com. Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me. Other translation says, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. And I guess for today, the word of the Lord, we've been talking about gazing at Jesus and setting our eyes on him. But what we hear and what we read in Psalm 16, verse 8, is the psalmist David speaking about a secret to his success that the psalmist David the same David who killed Goliath David who was taken from was taken from the place of being forgotten and overlooked and no one had any value for him his parents didn't have any value for him his brothers didn't like him this David who God used to become the king of the second king of Israel one of the practices in his life, the Bible says in verse 8, was that he will set the Lord continually before him. That's something that you need to begin to practice and establish in your own life. This, he didn't say the Lord sets me before him. He said, I set the Lord continually before me. Do you know that you have the ability to set the Lord before you? Do you know that you can demand the attention of the living God? That you can get God to come before you whenever you want? A lot of people don't know that. And it's amazing because the witch doctors know that. The witch doctors will set their altars up and they'll set their rooms up and wait for a demon to come to them. They understand that in the spirit realm, both the devil and God wants your attention. Satan is, is vowing or, or, or trying to, is trying to get your attention, but the Lord also wants your attention. And wherever you set your focus or your attention, God will flow or the enemy will flow. The flow of God is going to hang on the balance of your focus. Where am I going to set my gaze? David said, I set the Lord. How often? Occasionally? Weekly? Continually. Always. Say, I can set the Lord continually before me. And then he said, because I do this, the Lord is at my right hand. <laughs> you know what you call that? You ever had a right hand man or right hand pal, somebody who was always with you? I want to live my life like that. To know that the Lord is always with me. He's always at my right hand. And because he is there, I'm not moved. I'm not shaken by what I see. Because I know the Lord is with me. But I know he's with me because I set him before me. 
That means I set my attention, I set my focus, I set my gaze, I come before his presence daily. It's a practice, it's a habit, it's called consecration. We need to teach millennials the art of consecration. (laughs) This generation needs to know the art of consecration. It means to pull away from and to cling to. And you consecrate yourself. You set, you're setting the Lord before you. You're, you're, you're blocking out all the distractions and you're saying, Lord, I just want you. I just want your attention right now. And as you do that, he comes. Why? Because as Andrea said, it was his original intent that he will be before us continually. In the Garden of Eden, it was God's will and God's desire that he will come to Adam and Eve continually in the cool of the day. He will come for fellowship. And you want to know something? I'm going to show you two verses. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Like, Look at verse 17. I'm going to show you one of the greatest secrets to change. The greatest secrets of change. Every deliverance God has ever wrought in my life came from me practicing this one thing I'm telling you right now. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Look at the next verse. But we all, with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed everybody say transformed you are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord now watch this the Bible tells you how to change right here If you've ever questioned, how do I change? How do I become the man or the woman that I want to be? How do I become the man or the woman that God wants me to be? How do I experience change in my life? Paul wrote how you change right here. Doing what? Beholding. Beholding. What you set before you is what you behold. God created you to change, not by effort, but by beholding. (laughs) You see, when the Bible says God created you in his image and in his likeness, your image wasn't set in stone. Your image was conformable. Your image is transformable. Your image is moldable. So the way God intended you to become like him, to look like him, was that he was going to come before you continually because whatever you behold, you become. That's why when Adam took his eyes off of God and followed the serpent, his image changed. He no longer looked like God. He no longer functioned like God because his gaze changed. That's why the enemy wants your attention. Once he got Eve to focus on him more than God, she fell. Your trend your is and who God says you are and keeping your gaze there. Long enough for change. 
Not glance. Gazing. Whatever you behold, you become. Your image is conformable. That's why don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are around the wrong things long enough, you will begin to adjust. You begin to change. You become like whatever you're around. You become like your friends. You become like your company. Bad company corrupts good manners. Why? Because you're, you're designed to change by what you behold and what you set before you continually. That's why I always say, your parents used to always say, show me your friends. I know I sh that's how you are. It's the truth. Because you're going to conform. You're going to conform to whatever you expose yourself to on a consistent basis. So the reason why we spend time in worship is because we are setting ourselves we're setting ourselves before the Lord so that we can behold him. And as we spend time in his presence, we begin to change. That's why he, the, his presence is a gift to us. He comes and he wants to come every so often. But what do I have to do? I have to set him before me. I have to set out to pursue him. I have to set out to seek him. I have to set out to meet with him. I have to sometimes schedule in my busy day when I'm going to spend time with him. Because if I don't spend time, any time with him, I'm going to start conforming to what I'm around every day. See that? Image. When we behold him as in a mirror. Now most people see Jesus the wrong way. Because they didn't say, he said when you see him as a mirror. What do you do in a mirror? What do you see when you look in a mirror? Yourself. Religion taught you to see Jesus as just a historical figure or maybe, you know, a great man. Or we see him as a prophet or we see him as somebody who was so high and, and mighty that we can't ever do anything like him. We can't ever be like him. But watch this. As I think I've, you've heard me say this before. You see, when Peter got the revelation of who Jesus was, he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. What was the very next thing Jesus did after Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God? The next thing Jesus did was what? tell Peter who he was as soon as he had got a revelation of Jesus Jesus gave Peter a revelation of himself because no revelation of Jesus is complete until you have self-revelation why because you were made in his image when you see your image when you see him you see yourself that's why we go to him, because he holds our destiny. He is the Lord of our destiny. When we go to him, he unlocks our destiny. He unlocks our identity. He shows us who we are, why we're here, who we are in the sight of God. Peter didn't know who he was until Jesus showed him who he was. When we behold him, when we see him, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> you see your resemblance 
You're saved when you believe in Jesus. But you're changed when you believe like Jesus. That's the resemblance. Jesus doesn't want you to just believe in him. That's what, Jesus, that's what Peter did. But Peter's transformation happened when he started thinking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, walking like Jesus, healing like Jesus, casting out devils like Jesus, living holy like Jesus. When we behold him as a mirror, the glory of the Lord, then we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And I'm going to wrap this up in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 29. Now, this is your destiny. I'm going to show you what your destiny is. Anybody ever ask, what's my destiny? Anybody ask that question? I want to know my destiny. I'm going to show you what your destiny is right now. It all ties in. This is what Paul writes. For whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's it. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That word predestined is destiny. He has predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Your destiny is not in what you are going to do. Your destiny is found in who you are going to become. Your destiny is not in what you're going to do. What you become. For whom he foreknew. He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Be, what God is really looking after is, are you going to become like his son? He's not looking at, are you going to get that job offer? Are you going to get that career you want? That's the secondary stuff. What God is looking for is who you're going to become in the process of your life. Because at the end of your life, what he's predestined you to look like is his son. To look like Jesus. That's your destiny. This is the biblical scriptural emphasis of destiny. My destiny is to be like Jesus or as much like Jesus as possible by the end of my life. <laughs> now, if I don't believe I can become like him, I won't be like him. One more time. See, because becoming is more important than doing. Our world, I know our, our secular Americanized lifestyle, we build our lives around our accomplishments and what we do. But in heaven, what heaven is more concerned about is who the person you're becoming in the midst of what you're doing. And what happens is this. Once you set out to be the person that God wants you to be, then you can begin to do the things God wants you to do. Did you catch that? When you say, God, I want... See, when you get what you should, then you can get what you want. 
I will give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in me. If you get what you should, you can get what you want. God is more concerned about who you're becoming than he is about what you're doing. And the only way you can become like the person he wants you to be, which is Jesus, then you have to behold him as in a mirror. You don't look in the mirror. If you got boogers in your nose and you look in the mirror and you walk away, you're crazy. Because the whole point is I look in the mirror and then I can see the corrections and the adjustments that I have to make in my life. So I clean myself up. I fix my hair. I get the booger out of my eye. I do whatever I have to do. Because when I see in the mirror, then I can see this is who I am. I, I can see the mess and I see the corrections I can make in my life, church. And Jesus wants to show you him so that you can see yourself in him. As you see him, you change into the same image. And then you'll find that as you pursue life with him, then he begins to make your steps. He orders your steps. He begins to put you on the path where you begin to have destiny moments. He brings you around the right people. He brings you, he, he starts connecting you to the right people, the right places, the right job offers. God opens doors for you. Because why? You're seeking his, you're seeking his face and you're seeking his kingdom first. Does that make sense? Say, I'm going to focus on becoming more than doing. My destiny is locked up in my identity in Jesus. Is it good? Is it? Ephesians 2.10 and I'm done. For we are his workmanship. For we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You guys got that? For we are his workmanship, we are his masterpiece, created where? In Christ Jesus for what? To do good works or for good works. So once again, you see that? That the good works or the stuff you're going to do is first found in who you're, in who you're in. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. What I can do is only going to be the, 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 the result of who I am in. So I got to know who I am in him so that I can know what I can do. God releases my abilities once I have my identity set before me. Once I know who God wants me to be. When I know that God is allowing these trials in my life because he doesn't want to take my job from me. No, it's because he's trying to turn me into into Jesus. He's, he's developing my character. He's working on my attitudes. He's working on my temper. He's working on me so I can become more like him. And in the process, I get a job with bonuses. In the process, he allows me to start a business that flourishes. But all he's looking for more is you becoming more and more like his son. That's your destiny. Who you're going to become not about what you're doing and then when you do it you start finding yourself doing good works which he has already prepared beforehand that you should walk in oh, amen so one more time say i am, I am going, to going to look at jesus, look at jesus 
and set him before me so that I can become just like him and I can accomplish what he's created me to do. This concludes another life-changing teaching from Hungry for God Church. For social media updates and more teachings from our pastors and leaders, please visit our site, h4gchurch.com.